us pray over the word this morning. I'm super excited for the series that the Holy Spirit has led us to. Um, Let me invite you to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that the few moments that we have together before we launch out of this physical place but never leave your presence, we just pray for the Holy Spirit to bring revelation, illuminate our thought, give us wisdom and revelation of who you are. We honor and we praise you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, I want you to turn with me uh, in your Bible to the book of Luke. We're going to land on Luke chapter number 9. Luke chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, let's go there. Uh, Luke is one of my favorite gospel writers. Um, I love Luke because he introduces and he uh, speaks a lot about um, people that um, religious folks wouldn't really uh, desire. He speaks of the Gentiles, and he speaks to us of Samaritans, and he speaks of females doing ministry and all those things. But in Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, as we begin our series entitled, I Am Healed, um, we're going to read truths that Jesus himself taught. Is that Okay that we read stuff that Jesus talked about. So if Jesus said it, guess what? It is true. It is absolutely true. And so God help us if you have to offend our logic to get to your revelation. You can do that. Amen. I'm reading from the King James Version. Going to the all good King James. Verse number 1 of Luke chapter 9. Then he called his disciples together. And gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Wish I had time to talk about the difference between power and authority. The enemy may have power, but he doesn't have authority. And so here Jesus is saying that as believers, we have both. I can drop the mic and go home right there. Over all devils, some translation says demons. Demons are real. I'm working on a message that I'm entitled, Deliver Us From Evil. And the evil that we must be delivered from is competing cornerstones, domesticated demons, carved image, and foreign idols. They are rampant in this nation and in nations all across this world. And so here we see, he says, Deliver us from all devils and cure diseases. Verse 2, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God. Oh, Jesus, wish I had time to preach on that. That's Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, we're doing a deep dive into the kingdom of God. If you've never attended, I want to encourage you to come. We give you a black binder with notes. (laughs) Amen. Because Jesus preached the kingdom of God. And I want to say very few people have even heard the message of the kingdom. And the fact that we're saved without hearing the message of the kingdom is because of God's mercy, not because of the lack of the message of the kingdom. And so we want to understand. So it says, preach the kingdom of God. And what? Heal the sick. So first it says, cure disease, then it says, heal the sick. We jump down to verse number 6 of chapter 9 because they obeyed the instructions. And it says, and they departed and went throughout the towns, preaching what? The gospel of what? The kingdom. And doing what? Healing everywhere. 
So this morning, I am healed is not a fashion statement that we're wearing. The reason why I had us order these shirts and, and giving you an invite is not because it's some fashion garment that you put on. Part of it is because when I first got saved, what the Lord asked me to do and what I always did was I always had some sort of message on my clothing. If Nike can do it and we spend 90 bucks, and if Under Armour or whatever brand that you choose to wear, you're wearing it as a brand. You wear it because you maybe like the quality and the material, but that's not the reason. When I was wearing it, it was to send a message. I had found Jesus. Excuse me, he wasn't lost. Jesus found me. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for that correction. And I want everyone to know when I was 18 years old that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so my clothing would speak of the message. And so I kept that going. And, and now at the age of 52, it's always been something. When I went to camp, I had it on every uniform or, excuse me, every garment that I was wearing. It is not a fashion statement, but wherein I am healed is a statement of faith in Jesus Christ as healer. I am healed is a statement of faith in who? Jesus Christ, who we just read about in the chapter Luke, verses 1 and 2 and verse 6. And now we're going to see in verse 10 and 11 that what you're wearing is a statement of faith. Someone say faith. You cannot please God without faith. You gather together because of faith. It is not faith in faith. It's faith in a person. It's objective. It's, it's faith in something. It's, it's, it, there's an object that you have faith in, and that faith is in God. And so in wherein I am healed, you're sending a message that must be declared. Because the first point is this. When you say I am healed, it's I am healed is therapeutic. We all need therapy. Come on, somebody. I'll pause right there. Every single person in this room needs therapy. And so I am healed is sending a message to people that, that, that I am healed is therapeutic, that, that there's therapy in actually hearing the message of the kingdom of God. So everyone online and in person, guess what? Let me break the stigma and the shame. We all need therapy. <laughs> For Jesus continues in Luke 9, 10, 11, and he says, and the apostles, when they returned, they told them all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place, deserted place, belonging to the city called Bethsaida. He didn't say, hey, let's have a conference on healing. Now, that's wrong, but what he did was he took him away because what? He says, you need therapy. Come on. That you just went and ministered and you were sending message and you were healing people of sickness and disease. And the message of the kingdom was going forth. And so they came back and he brought them together lest they would think it was all their power and their authority that was doing it. He pulls them together to remind him that he's the central focus of every part of your life. I read something very interesting when I talk about 
uh, competing cornerstones. It was amazing when I read it because I felt prey to this. When the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. We in America and most human beings, because we need therapy, we think it's hierarchical. We think it's God is one, my family is two, then my kids is this, and then number four. And so we put Jesus, God, well, he's number one. And that's not what the Bible says. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. There was no second. (laughs) He says, to love your wife, you need to first seek me. Come on. And to love your family, you need to seek me. And to love your work, you need to seek me. He's not saying they're not important, but they're saying if you don't bring the kingdom message, you're not loving them well. Oh, my God. They need my righteousness because to parent properly, you must preach the message of the kingdom. Because Dr. Seuss can't help you. Come on. You need a message of the kingdom of how to raise children, how to do things. And so he's saying you need therapy. So in raising a family in everything you do, God is simply saying this. Keep me as the focus. Why? Because you need therapy. And he goes on. And The people, when they knew it, they followed him, and he did what? He received them. Why? Because they needed therapy. It was hard to live under the Roman dictatorship and the Roman rulership. It was very difficult. If you weren't one of the elite Pharisees or the elite Sadducees, it was very difficult. You were considered the outcast. If you were sick, you couldn't be around people. If you had this going and you had that going, I'm here to tell you that people need therapy because every day the accuser, the devil is sending arrows of lies and accusations. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I need therapy. And so he tells them, he receives them, and he speaks unto them, guess what? The kingdom of God. Are you getting the message so far in Luke chapter 9 that everything is about Jesus, everything's about the kingdom, and everything's about healing? Everything is about that. Young people, you're struggling with your identity, you're struggling with addiction. The answer is you need to be healed. Not just saved, you need to be healed because everybody is saved. And we are not to judge the heart of people. And so that's the fact that you don't know my heart. I know I don't know your heart, but guess what? You need therapy. And you need the message of the kingdom of heaven. And so the reason why I say that is because Jesus spoke unto them of the kingdom of God. So here were these people who were lost, who, who needed a Messiah. They get together. He receives them. And the first thing he does before he heals them, the first thing he does is you need the kingdom of God to be preached to you. And then he does what? He healed them that had need of healing. This is so good. So if you're taking note, the first thing you want to write down is this. From this day forward, I'm going to declare I need therapy. And I receive therapy by reading and by listening and by hearing the message of the kingdom of God. Oh, that's so good. Not three points, but you need to have the point, which is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And that goes against the very culture and the very understanding of government, right? And so he says now he heals them. So he gives them this message of the kingdom of God and he healed them. Now, the reason why I say that we all need therapy or I am healed begins with therapy is because the Greek word for the first time you see the word healed is the word therapia. 
It really means this. It means a reversal of the physical condition, the illness, the disease. It carries the responsibility of fully serving the Lord through it. So when you read this text, if we can get that back up there, uh, uh, Luke uh, chapter 9, verse 11, what he's saying is this, is that you need to be healed because you need to know that God has the ability and the power to reverse the physical condition that sin caused in bringing illness and disease. It didn't come from God. Come on. Because we have this school of thought that there are people who believe that all healing stopped with the apostles. So don't worry about it. It's just faith. It's just how things are going to be. And so they don't tell you, don't preach on healing. Why? Because that stopped in the book of Acts, the last chapter. Nobody else is doing any more healing. We have that extreme over here. Come on. And the other extreme over here is the reason why you're not healed is you lack faith. How do you tell someone who's praying for their kids that they lack faith? (laughs) That's cruel. The issue is, I need to understand the healer. Oh, God. And so he's saying is this. You must first understand that illness and disease and all sorts of things that goes against God's will is not from God. That's from the enemy. Because in ignorance, the Bible says that we perish for what? A lack of understanding, a lack of knowing what the kingdom of God and the message is. So there's people who are believing a lie because they live in the extremes of what they heard preach. And so if you're living in the balance, you need therapy. Why? Because to try to not get pulled over here and not get pulled over here and not get tossed to and fro with all the different lies and accusation, you need therapy, you need healing. So to say I'm healed is to recognize that sickness and disease didn't come from God. I know there's something called the common cold. I know there's things that that the environment changed. That's because of Adam. Write this down. Adam didn't make a mistake. Adam didn't make a poor choice. Adam was disobedient. And Eve was deceived. So we can't look to those two, come on, as our therapists. Because they needed therapy as well. Because when their eyes were open, they realized they were naked. They covered themselves and they hid from God. They needed therapy as well. They needed healing. So all of a sudden, sickness and disease entered into the atmosphere that changed the very climate. So now we get sick. Why? Because the atmosphere and the environment and the climate changed, but it didn't change God. Come on. So the first thing to understand, I am healed, is I'm declaring I know the healer. His name is Jesus. So anything contrary to what the kingdom of God says that I can have, it is an enemy. It is a lie. It is an invasion. It's a violation of kingdom principles and kingdom laws. So I'm going to stand and declare I'm not only saved from my sin, but I'm healed from every physical, every sickness, every disease. But it hasn't manifested. I didn't say I have to see it manifest. I have to say I believe what the word of God tells me. So I need therapy to understand. One thing the Lord revealed to me in this weeks and things to come is that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan um, of, 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 of the hospital. Um, Megan knows when I do a hospital visit, uh, me and Jesus are walking in it together. Um, 
I'm one of those guys when I go to my doctor and I'm sitting and I'm like, I don't even look when the needle's going in. I'm like, are you finished yet? And, and I'm just, I'm nervous. And when I went for my procedure and stuff like that, and I'm sitting there and my eyes are turned away. And like, you got good veins. I'm like, hurry up. You know what I mean? And just get, get, get it in, get it in, all those type of stuff. And, and so I realized that, that the Lord said to me, he says, Ro, not every symptom is sickness. Oh, come on. <laughs> Because the moment something, I'm like, ooh, ooh, what was that? What was that? He goes, no, no, that's a lie. Not every symptom is a sickness. Come on. Not every symptom is a sign. It's just your flesh. <laughs> oh, that's so good for somebody right there. Because the battle is spiritual. Mm-hmm. The enemy wants you to get out of therapy and go lose your mind. So I am healed is letting the enemy know that the kingdom of heaven is here. And the same Jesus, who, come on, yesterday, today, and forevermore. Oh, my goodness. The best thing you can ever do is get some therapy. Let's break the stigma. Now we talk about mental health and all those things. That's from the world. That's how the world are doing it. They don't know how to cope. They don't know how to enter the chaos and the craziness. So they're saying, hey, you got to understand mental health, and which we do. But as the church, let's wake up. We have the scriptures. Come on. We understand the Greek word for therapy. We understand what it really means to be healed. And so we don't shame anyone who's going for mental health. What we tell them is you need the message of the kingdom of God. Oh, my God. You need to understand the healer. Because it's not about laying on a couch telling someone you're problem it's knowing that jesus can solve your problems ah come on i need therapy say it it'll make you feel good not some badge of honor i'm in therapy no i'm receiving the message of the kingdom is why i'm in therapy some of the families we came out of you know we need therapy come on some of the craziness that you had to face when in therapy. So the other Greek word he talks about as we look at this is also this world healing. And it's the Greek word I-A-O-M-A-I. And this is the word that now, watch us now, that this particular healing is supernatural. And it brings attention to the Lord himself as the great physician. So any healing, write this down, that manifests, if it doesn't bring glory to God, it didn't come from God. I'm not saying the healing through the person wasn't God. I'm just simply saying, if it doesn't bring God glory, we're in trouble. And so all forms of healing, when God manifests healing in this place, and guess what? I believe God's going to increase healing, not because we want to say this is some healing place. We want people to come and say, meet the healer. His name is Jesus. Because guess what? You can be healed but not saved. That God in his mercy can heal you. We see it all the time. But it doesn't mean you're safe. And so we celebrate that. And so it says, no. So when we're seeing healing take place, people are coming because they want to know this thing real. And so, no, we don't want to stop God from healing. We want God to heal every sickness, every infirmity, all sorts of things. That's why on Fridays when Blaine, they have their encounter, I go because I'm thinking, God, bring your healing. I want to see your power manifest, not because to elevate his name, but to elevate the name of Jesus. Why? So I can tell people, ah. I am healed. I went to therapy on Friday and God ministered to my sickness. Oh, this is so good. 
And so this is what we're to do. And in these last days, that's what he's doing. So let me introduce you to the I am healed in my moments I have left. The first thing is this. And I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to bring balance, biblical balance to the extreme over here where he doesn't heal, which is a lie from the pit of hell. And over here, which is you have no faith, which is really just discouraging. I'm going to bring it right in the middle. So let me introduce you to I am healed. This is what the Lord led me towards. I was studying. And I found this to be so neat. And so, so I'm quoting and I'm adding my thing to it just to make sure that it, it fits what I want. So the first thing, write this down, is introduction to I am healed. This is class 101. Young people, adults, listen to this. So the first thing is, I am healed, is right? Is that healing is made available now. So I'm pulling it from over here, and I'm saying to you, it's right now. The, the, see, uh, the majority of my life was working with young people. That's why as a pastor here, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to send them to camp. I'm going to do everything they can. Because we got to win a generation. Are you with me so far? So that's all I know. And, and, and so there were, there were times where, where I knew before I had my two kids that I know that there were secret struggles young people are facing, but they can't tell nobody for shame. And, and so what I found out was that they need healing. They need therapy because of all the things that they're seeing and technology and all those things that's before them. And so what we have to realize is I can't live in this extreme that God doesn't heal because I'm without hope. And so the first thing you have to understand is this, that healing is made available now. So when the kingdom of God came, when Jesus came and preached the kingdom, what he was telling you is this, that the message of the kingdom is available now. So I am healed, occurs. Through the healer, Jesus Christ, watch this now, who restores, transform, sustain, and nurture the whole person, body, soul, and spirit. At each phase and in every dimension of life and within relationships of the person to God, to other people, and to their neighbors. So the healing that's available now is for you to understand your relationship with God as the sustainer, the nurturer, the restorer, the transformer. That's the first thing. So I can now pour out to other people his healing power. And so then I can go ahead and pour it out to my neighbors. Therefore, fulfilling what Jesus says is the two greatest commandment, which is what? Love God, love others, and love your neighbor. Right? And so for us to carry this through, you have to be healed. I would love to take a survey right now. But how many know it's difficult to love God? I'll put my hands up. Because he asks of things that my flesh doesn't want to do. So it's very difficult to love God. I didn't say it's difficult for God to love me. I didn't say it's difficult for God to love you. I said, if we're really honest, it's difficult to love God and do what God called us to do. When our flesh doesn't want to do it, we want to get embarrassed. And I don't want to speak in public at my school because they'll laugh at me. And I don't want to do those things. It is difficult to love God, but it's not difficult for God to love me. Let's get that straight. Because if we're really honest, if we survey our lives, is God really the central focus of everything that we do? 
And then on top of that, it's very difficult to love people I like. (laughs) Come on, married folks, right? Come on, right? It's very difficult to love people that I like. And so therefore, to love my neighbor, forget that. I'll wait for that part. Because I have no more resource available. There's nothing more in me to love my neighbor. I'm trying to love the person that I like. And I'm trying to love God who commands me to do things that I don't want to do sometimes. And so you can see why I'm in therapy. You can see why I need healing. Because to love you best, to love you well, you better pray that your pastor gets therapy. (laughs) Because I can use this as a bully pulpit. (laughs) Hello, somebody. Because the enemy can make me believe this is my church. And I could try to manipulate you and, and leadership abuse and, and be narcissist. Come on. Right. And be manipulative and, and try to convince you and twist your arm and bring guilt to try to get you to conform to something that makes me feel good. That devil is a lie. You know, this is God's church. And so I need God to help me love you. Right. So I can't be distracted with all these different things. Unless I manipulate you and don't love you well. I got to love you well. I, I got to learn to be kind and not just nice. I have to. I've got to be in therapy because of this. And so when we see, we understand that healing is for me to first acknowledge it's available now. Someone say it's available now. So guess what? Don't label yourself as some condition that the culture wants you to be labeled as. Break every label off of your life. Come on. Your identity is a child of God, a citizen of the kingdom of God, and I am healed. That's the label. It's not a fail this. It's not a fail that. Because even though we fail, we're not a failure. Come on. Let's go back to our parents. I'm talking Adam and Eve. Can you imagine how Eve felt? When the first time they're talking to God that we read in the account after the fall, the man says, it's this woman you gave me. You know what he's saying? It's difficult to love you, God. Oh, come on. That you're the one that said I shouldn't be alone. You're the one that gave me this woman. So God, it's difficult to love you. Look what you did. And here she's on the other hand saying, I can't believe he said that he was right there and closed his mouth. So it's difficult to love you, God, versus loving the person that I like, let alone loving my neighbor. Come on. Are you getting this, TGP? Because what God wants to do is that this is the season of tremendous healing. Yes, the lame is going to walk. We're going to celebrate that. The deaf ears are going to open. We're going to celebrate that. The bright eyes are going to open. We're going to celebrate that. Demons and devils are going to come out of people. But if we don't love God, come on. If we don't love others. What witness and testimony do we have of the kingdom of God and his message? Healing is available. Someone say, now. Not tomorrow. Now it's available. From Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. He gave you and I power and authority over the devil, over labels, over conditions. Come on, somebody. Over our finance, over our situation. You are a child of God. Young people start living that way. 
How dare the culture take our kids away? How dare they rob our teenagers of their purity and all that God has? How dare does that happen? I'm going to get to them as the message progresses. But only the church can answer the question about violence and evil and why it exists. The culture has no clue. They only react. They don't know the reason. They don't have revelation. Are you with me, somebody? And while you may not be clinically licensed to offer therapy, you have been anointed by God to be therapy. Come on. And to understand, I've been introduced to I am healed. The second thing is healing is a process. There's instantaneous, and we love that, man. My God. My mom, I know she's watching right now, but she's 80-something years old. And, and um, I'm telling you, and, and she still has her fire inside of her. And she's like, son, I want to come see you. Every second, she's calling the younger brother and calling me. What am I coming? What am I coming? Still the boss of the house. You know, I'm 86, I'm 52. It's still the boss of the house. And, and I remember the day when she was... Uh, when I got saved, and I've told this story perhaps before you heard it, and please indulge me to share it again. But I remember the instantaneous healing of where she would always have a six-pack in her fridge, and, and she would come in. And, and, and I remember when I got saved and I walked into the house, and she was just joking. She goes, hey, how was church camp? And I said, mom, I got saved. And she's like, what? And she goes, yeah, I got saved. And all of a sudden, my presence in that house caused my mom to realize there's something different about my son. And when she went to try to go get the alcohol and she would try to drink it, she would choke on it and she'd put it back and like, oh, that devil is alive. And she would get the thing and, try to, and she would choke on it. This is my mom's testimony. That's what I'm telling you. And instantaneously, God delivered her from that. Instantaneously. God says, no more. Before I lose some of y'all, I'm talking about drinking. I'm just talking about what God did to my mom and the therapy that she needed. Because that was a coping mechanism. Father walked out on five kids. Come on. Didn't know what to do. Told her, let's leave the kids. And she goes, do you want to take it? No, you, the devil is a lie. I'm staying with my five boys. She did therapy. How do I handle? My mom's rule was this. If I don't see Rowan in three days, then I get worried. Because I got to try to work. I got to try to pay the rent. And the message of the kingdom through the salvation of her son God instantly healed her because healing is a process. My God. But there are others that healing is not instantaneous. That is a work of faith. Come on. It requires confession. It requires you to continue to realize this, that healing is a process. It's a lifelong process which occurs, ready, by the sovereign grace of God, faith in Jesus Christ, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again because some of y'all need to recognize that you prayed for something 10 years ago and it hasn't manifested. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't give up. Don't leave therapy, my God. Don't leave the chair. Come on, stay with Jesus. It's a process of sanctification. It's a process where God is working things out in your life. And here's what it means that there's the sovereign grace of God, number one, through faith in Jesus Christ, number two, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, number three. Healing is a process. Someone say process. And some of you in it right now, 
You're in it right now. So healing is available when? Now. Healing is a process? Yes. And here's the reason why those two come together. Then we'll get to my third point that we're going to sing and get you out of here. But watch this now. He said, because healing is a process and because it's been a minute, you've hid your sickness or your shame from God and others. And what you hide, God can't heal. What you hide from God and others, he can't heal. And so he's saying you can't do that because guess what happens? You hide your wound, then you come together with somebody else. And guess what? That wound manifests in that relationship and you realize that, oh, the person changed. No, baby, the person didn't change. They were always like that. The issue was they didn't get healed because you have to recognize that healing is a process and God wants to get it out of you so you can love well. The second thing is, if you don't get healed from your hurt, the hurt will eventually become a stronghold, then you will need deliverance. On Friday, we pray for church hurts. We can fill this place and the building on East Center Street that we're believing God for. With people who've been hurt by church who needs to be healed. We can fill this church, every empty chair you see here. And for those watching online, you can testify. I was hurt by church. And I'm here to tell that healing is a process. It's a process. I'm going to read for you this quote. That this quote has become the very foundation of every discipleship and every counsel that I offer to people. I call it the measure of a man. The fragrance of a female, the purpose of marriage, and the strength of the family. That's a healing process, not a program. It's a healing process that God gave me that requires the sovereignty of God's grace, faith in the Jesus Christ, and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It is a process I walk people through. I had a counselor say to me one time, he says, Ro, can you please trademark it? Because every time I counsel people, I go right back to the fragrance of a female. I go right back to the measurement that you taught me. And that's what I use. Why? Because healing is a process. Are you with me, TGP? I know you are. Because God is moving in your life. And you recognize that healing is available. And you also realize that healing is a process. Here's the quote. If I try to build intimacy... Or I try to build connection with another person before I've done the difficult work of getting a whole or getting healthy on my own with Jesus. All relationships become an attempt to heal and complete myself and they always fall flat. Ooh, healing is a process. So if you're in a relationship, here is your message to that person. I am in process. Come on. And what I need is a sovereign grace of God to move in my life. And I need to strengthen my faith in Jesus Christ. Because I got to live by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because there's an enemy that doesn't want healthy relationship. There's an enemy who doesn't want people to get healed. There's an enemy that wants you to stay labor for the rest of your life. Do you believe in a devil? Come on, there's a devil who is real. There's an enemy, an accuser that wants to destroy your life. He has nothing good for you. And finally, I end with this. Healing is not just made available now. And I, I'm in a healing process right now. This is the one that we must be anchored in. That healing 
is made complete in eternity. Write that down, folks, because that's how your faith doesn't get shaken. Because you have to think from a place of eternity. You can't just think from a place of earthly. You got to think of a place of eternity. And so what this represents is the scripture where Paul said to live is Christ. Do you know that scripture? To live is Christ, but to die is what? Gain. So what Paul is saying to live is Christ in the healing that's available now and the healing process of working this thing out. But guess what, devil? There's no way that you can mess with my mind, my spirit, my body, because to live is Christ, but to die, oh, I step in eternity. Oh my God. That's why the Bible says we grieve, but not as the world grieve. Because we understand, though we grieve over here because we want to see the healing manifest, we rejoice because we know they're complete in eternity, being with Jesus and operate in the fullness of the kingdom of God. In other words, we get jealous. Because they're walking in something that we're walking to, good God Almighty. They're already in that, but we're going to get there eventually. That's what the Bible says. For those who died in Christ, when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those who are called up to meet will meet the Lord in the air. And then we shall be with him forever. I wish we can give God praise for eternity and not just live on earthly stuff. We've got to recognize this is not our home. We're only passing through. We have a home in heaven where Jesus is waiting for us because I have completed the race. So my message to you in my one minute left is simply this. Because I'm getting therapy. Someone say, I'm getting therapy. I'm seeing eternity from the right perspective. Because I'm getting therapy. Come on. The devil is under my feet according to Romans. Because I'm getting therapy, sickness and disease has to go. Come on. Because I'm getting therapy, my relationships are restored. My family is restored. My marriage is restored. My money is restored. I wish I had somebody in this place that wants to see God restore your relationships. I'm restored. I'm restored. Come on. I'm healed. And I'm on my way to eternity, my God. So here's the message, TGP. One day I was walking, I was going shopping, and I was at the mall. That's my place to therapy, is the mall. And, and, and I'm by myself, and I love to just see the different things being marked up. And the Lord said to me, because I was thinking, God, if I exit now, what would happen to my family? And here's what God told me. Oh, you think you love them more than me? You actually think that what you're doing is provided for them better than I can. I was like, mom's the word. I need therapy. Because he's saying there's a place called eternity. And while we walk through that. So my last scripture was this. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. So TGP. I am healed. And as God's taken us through this process. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you are called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life. What I'm doing, here's this now, here's this now, young people, adults, everybody, here's the question. My decisions that I make in earth, will it affect eternity? And if your decision on earth 
blocks your eternity, reconsider your decision. Come on, you want a parent? Okay, son, you want to do that? Okay, daughter, you want to do that? Your decision that you believe you have power to make right now, if that decision affects eternity, I will challenge you to reconsider your decision. Good parenting right there. My God, healing is here. Come on. Healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here. It's available now. Oh, church, come on. Healing is here. Who wants to sign up for therapy? Get saved. Who wants to sign up for therapy? Get saved. Come on. The healer has an appointment with your name on it. Hallelujah. I receive it. Oh, yes. Yes. Healing is here. Come on. Oh, yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you. There is hope moving throughout this congregation right now. Labels are coming off of you. I say, Lazarus, come forth from that grave. Take off those burial clothing off. Lazarus, come forth. Hey, Shamamamaya. Woo. Lazarus, your time is not over yet. I know you will eventually die again, but not now, my God. I prophesy, TGP, that this is the greatest year of your life. Why? Because God is my therapist. And I schedule an appointment with him every Sunday, my God. Every Sunday I come for therapy. Why do you go to church? It's my therapy. It's my therapy. It's my therapy. Because I am healed. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify you. We acknowledge your goodness and all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, time.